welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. Yeah, on today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be kicking off Season 7 with Episode 1, the title of which is Monkey Business, Part 1. Or, if you are in Germany, the title is Ape Theater, Part 1. Our IMDb user synopsis um, is now, for Season 7, being provided by a different user, so... Um, they might not be as funny as they used to be, but we're going to keep at it as long as we have reviews to read. So, or excuse me, synopsis to read. So the one for this episode is the season starts with the Camden house in a state of change. Kevin moves in the garage apartment and plans to propose to Lucy. Robbie meets Kevin's police partner and is ready for romance. Ruthie starts dating and Mary has an older boyfriend. So what was your first impression of this episode? Um... So, right before the episode started, Aaron said, oh, this season introduces characters that I hate. And I was like, oh, that really means that I'm not going to like them either. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I don't know if you were talking about the two characters that were introduced in this season. Um, I was not talking about one of them, but I was talking about Roxanne, um, who is Kevin's police partner, as many of you may know, um, if you've watched the show before. Um. I thought, for the most part, as, like, a setup for where we are in the season, it was good. I think the one thing that I dislike that Seventh Heaven does is at the end of almost every season, they have a big, like, romantic thing happening for either Lucy or Mary or Matt or even Simon. Uh, Or they're, like, they basically rededicate themselves to whichever person. But at the beginning of the next season, that person no longer exists in their world. Like, last, you know, in, in the season finale of season six... Ben and Mary exchange like he He's gave, a big question mark. Yeah, but like he gave her a ring. Oh yeah, and they were like it was like a gesture of like I'm gonna let you live your life and we love each other and blah blah blah. And as soon as this episode starts, she's with someone else, and I feel like that's happened before. Like when Lucy got together with Jeremy. Yeah, and like that ended. I don't know. Like I, feel I also like, feel like that's how things ended with Mary and Robbie. Like at the end of one season, it was like, okay, we're together, and then at the start of the next season, it was like, never mind. It's, it's happened multiple times. Um, or, like, that new guy that came up for Lucy in that, like, one episode at the end of season three or four or something, and then he was gone. And But, like, anyway, my point is, I wish they didn't do this. Like, what, it, I don't know, it makes me, it makes, maybe it's because, like, we're watching it, like, in a row, so mm. we don't have to wait, like, an entire summer, so it, like, has a bigger impact. I don't know. Um, otherwise... I really like this. I think the only thing I didn't like is how they introduced Cecilia, because I was really confused the entire time. But You sort of learn at the end why yeah, it's well, just I, like, oh, who is this? But um, yeah, I'm excited to see where season seven goes. Okay, so let's get into it with the cold open. Mary's on the phone with a secret lover. Um, well, we, we don't know that at first. Well, she just keeps saying no, and then she's like, because I'm not going to tell them. And, and we don't know what she's talking about telling them. But we know that he's bad news or not good for her or something. There's something awesome. Some cliche. Yeah. And um, so some something new is happening in Mary's life. And we immediately learn that that's not Ben because Lucy comes running in. She's like, was that Ben on the phone? And, he's, and Mary's like, no, we're done. Um, I'd like to point out in the cold open, we get new hair. And new looks, as we usually do. Mary's back to sporting a brunette look. When and Lucy's gotten her hair cut. And it's not good. It very much looks like she got the Farrah Fawcett look, but doesn't have the long enough, the hair long enough 
have a Farrah Fawcett look because it's like flipped. You know, yeah, out. she's got it. Yeah, flipped out. But um, so yeah, uh, they're just basically Lucy is wants to know who this person Mary's on the phone with is, and Mary's being secretive, and that is the end of the cold open. So we're gonna start with Ruthie, um, who is 12 years old now 12 years old and ready to date um the first kind of scene we have with her she asks uh the rev and annie or just is this just the rev just the rev Rev, she asks if her boyfriend can come over for dinner um and the rev is like you're too he's like boyfriend oh just you know general shock and awe about that thinking she's too young to date you're missing the most important part of that scene which is oh yeah so anyway (laughs) eisenhower the chimp who made an appearance in season five i believe is back in the camden's life because ruthie is chimp sitting for the owner of eisenhower um so eisenhower's in the house they're setting the table eisenhower is setting the table um and I guess that's why the episode is called Monkey Business, sort of. And anyway, Ruthie wants her boyfriend to come over. So this sort of, um, we see Ruthie's, like, she asks again when Annie and the Rev are together in the love den. Um, and they kind of have a discussion about, like, oh, you're a little bit young. Maybe this can just be your friend. If you want him to be able to come over, just ask if your friend can come over. I don't know what the difference is. Um they compare she brings up that lucy had a boyfriend when she was 12 and they they were like oh no lucy was 13 but ruthie makes the very good point that she is more mature at the age of 12 than lucy is at the age of like 19 or 20 whatever she is now so um this guy this kid comes over jake um and we learn very quickly that ruthie really isn't interested in jake um because she just sits in the love den waiting with, with Jake's arm around her, waiting for the Rev to come and try to like spy on them. And when he does, they like try to like make out or something. Yeah. Basically, I think it's one of those, she's basically pulling a Sarah here. So you know how Sarah's whole ploy with her parents is like, give them false bad news and then give them the actual bad news to make it seem better. So she's trying to say like, wouldn't it be better if I didn't have a boyfriend and instead I want a pet. And I want a pet chip, pet chip, pet, pet chi- chimp. And yes. she's like, and luckily Eisenhower is a pet chimp. And he's like, I don't know that they, they want to, the, I don't know exactly what, I wasn't paying attention to this. Sorry. Well, okay. So, uh, Eisenhower's owner is Curtis and Curtis has a new girlfriend that, um, Eisenhower doesn't like. So Eisenhower threw banana pudding at the girlfriend <laughs> He's been acting out lately. And so, yeah, exactly. And the research facility might take him away because they don't think he's, like, a good research lab chimpanzee. So they fix this in the end. Basically, like, Ruthie doesn't want him to be sent away, so she wants to take care of him. But it all gets resolved when uh, Eisenhower gets his own love interest. Yes, so Curtis shows up at the door with... Um, a female chimp, so they're like, oh, okay, he'll probably stop acting out now. Um, Can I talk about the fact that you very quickly thought that uh, the female chimp was just Eisenhower in a dress? You can I, briefly <laughs> talk about that. I but mean, just say it. I just wanted to say it, because yeah, it's pretty funny. I thought they changed Eisenhower and put him in a dress, and I was like, is he going to behave better now that he's wearing a dress? Like, did, is that what he wanted? Um also, I don't understand how the research facility was just going to, like, take him back because Curtis is disabled. And fr- from what I understand, Curtis, uh, no, Eisenhower is like, 
a, a, a support animal and helps Curtis with like daily living activities. So what would what would Curtis do without Eisenhower? Get a new monkey. I mean, get a new chimpanzee. Yeah. In the form of maybe a dog. Maybe. Um, so, and this kind of just ends with Ruthie being like, I guess I didn't need a pet, but maybe I am ready for a boyfriend. And I think this is like the beginning of Ruthie being like being a preteen and going into her teenage years, etc. Um, we'll go to the next oldest, which is Simon. Um, Simon's introduction in this episode is him talking to Robbie. Um, so we'll mention that now. Robbie and Joy have broken up. Uh, she won't be missed. Mostly <laughs> because I didn't remember her. Well, yeah, she was only in like two episodes. Um, and Robbie's kind of, you know, mourning the loss of Joy. And uh, Simon leaves his room and like knocks on the bathroom door. And then Cecilia comes out in the form of Ashley Simpson, uh, (laughs) known for her music career, being Jessica Simpson's little sister. Seventh Uh, Heaven was a big part of her career. An SNL episode, lip syncing, horribly wrong. Um, Other thing, I feel like she's known for other things. I feel like that's about it. I liked her one song, Lala. Is that no L O V E? I think I like that one. Oh yeah. That one. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so uh, she, her and Simon basically show up at different spots where other people are making out. That's it. That's their entire, well, and then finally, they're at the promenade making out and this guy comes up to them and is like, hey, that's my girlfriend. And Simon is like, oh, sorry, I didn't know. Why don't you two work this out? And I'll just leave you alone. And if you don't work it out, Cecilia, you can call me. Um, and we learn in a conversation that Simon later has with Robbie that he was being paid by Cecilia to go out in public and make out with her to make this guy jealous that she was trying to get back with. So, um, basically that's insane. Simon is pimping himself out. Yep. But exactly. Um, I'd like to mention a couple of things about Cecilia before we move on. One, uh, Ashley Simpson does show up in the opening credits. Uh, so she's not. So she's important, I guess. Uh, and secondly, um, I think... She's listed as a main cast member on the Wikipedia for Seventh Heaven for this season and next season. Um, and she also... I think, like, she has some of the best, uh, like, side like side moments or background moments during the main... Like, during scenes. Uh, there's one scene where, we'll talk about in a second, where Lucy and Kevin are fighting and you have Simon and Cecilia kind of given commentary. They're acting like the pseudo-audience. And I really like that. She had some funny things. I uh, see her kind of like I see Ruthie, where Ruthie's kind of like this all-knowing kind of presence. Cecilia also has this kind of commentary going on, which is kind of snarky kind of like on point as well um and uh you mentioned this i think she makes simon more likable yeah yeah but it doesn't really take much because simon isn't very likable and also he's still got those goddamn well now he's like slicking his hair back and it looks awful it's kind of like he's trying to be like matt was for a while and he's got those he's got two earrings and it just bothers me because there was that whole episode where he got his ear pierced and they were like you absolutely have to take that out and then it just reappeared like the next episode we're also meant to assume that he's like a hot shot in school now because um jake's older sister has been waiting in the car just trying to get a glimpse of a glimpse of him which kind of seems wrong because simon's not that much to look at no he is not that is certainly true 
Um, so we'll go on to the most problematic of the Camdens, Lucy. Um, I really, you know, she like tampered down a bit for like a couple of seasons, and now she's back to being horrible. Mm-hmm. The worst. Um, the worst. So um, we find out first of all that Ke- oh, well, this is when Kevin uh, it. We come back from the cold open. Annie's in the kitchen. Kevin continuously calls Annie mom, which is weird. Annoying, weird. Um, and also we find out that Kevin has moved into the garage apartment. Um, and that suddenly Lucy has become a commitment phobe because she doesn't want to get married. What? Right, because Lucy's character from the beginning has not just been like totally focused on like wanting to get married and, I don't know, just chasing men. Um, that's literally been her entire arc. And, we, and she finally finds a man that's quote unquote good enough for her. Like, she's like, oh, I'm not ready or I'm not really ready or I don't know if I want to get married. I was like, oh, come on, Lucy. This is, this is that, I feel like this is the most contrived thing. Like to completely change her character like this. Mm-hmm. Although they are really maintaining that she's still the worst, even though they're changing this like important part of her personality. Um, the main storyline here is that Kevin has a new permanent partner in the form of Roxanne. Uh, Roxanne is played by Rachel Blanchard. Uh, she is actually from a bunch of things. Um, she played Kristen in Are You Afraid of the Dark for, I think, three seasons. She was Cher in the TV version of Clueless. And I personally know her as a Nancy, Jeremy's girlfriend in Peep Show, which is like a fantastic British comedy. Uh, and Aaron, you've seen her in a couple of episodes of You, Me, Her, which is a Canadian show about polyamory. Um, so where she plays the main, like, there's like a main married couple and she's the wife. Ah. So, yeah. Um, so she's the new police partner and she's billed as being this hot, gorgeous, single blonde. And uh, Lucy is immediately jealous of her. Uh, we have a couple of, like, we have an incident where Roxanne and Kevin are, like, I guess, practicing police moves, and it looks like they're embracing, and Lucy gets upset, so she... Because of course she does. And she thinks that, like, Roxanne has manipulated this entire thing to try to get, uh, Kevin because he's the most, he's, like, the best-looking guy in the department. Um, Kevin and Lucy, like, bicker a bunch, uh... That's about, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is like, oh, I'm Lucy, and I've returned to form, and I'm jealous of this woman that's in your life, and she must be up to something. There's a like, there's a reason why she wanted to be your partner because you're the best looking guy on the force, and she's like knows that she's single, and she's got a plan to get you, steal you away from me. Basically, is her entire um, Lucy craziness. And this kind of blows up in her face with uh, the surprise arrival of Robbie. So apparently Robbie and Roxanne knew each other in the seventh grade. And uh, that means that they're making out. And Robbie used to dream all all day in, in seventh grade that he would get to make out with Roxanne. So he finally gets his wish. And so they're making out. And that's kind of where we it leads to next with this like weird foursome of the four of them going to the movies together. But Kevin's kind of preoccupied with what Mary's doing at the moment, which we'll get to in a bit. And because of this, it kind of blows up in everybody's face. First, we have uh, Lucy and Roxanne bickering. Then we have Lucy 
and Robbie bickering and then Robbie and Kevin bickering and then Kevin and Lucy. Like, it's all just all over the place. Everyone is bickering. And it kind of, the crux of it is that Kevin didn't know that Robbie and Lucy dated. Now. I now, like, all right. It was maybe two episodes. Um, and as, like the first time they kissed, they were like, this is weird. Let's not. And whatever you were going to say about this, I'm sorry. No, yeah, I was just going to say, officially, they only went, they they made out for a week, and they went out on one date, and then they called it quits. Like, that's what it was. And Lucy's rewriting history by saying they went on a few dozen dates, <laughs> and they dated for a month, and they kissed. And I'm like, that's not what in it my was. Book, in my book, it's like a week and a half, maybe. Yeah, ma- maybe. Maybe a week. Like, and mostly it was, it was like clearly lust and not like love or anything like that, because all they did was make out. Like, the one, on their one date, it was very awkward. Right. So, anyway, like, Kevin's really pissed off about this, um, which kind of puts, like, Lucy's jealousy into perspective. Motion, yeah. oh. And, uh, I don't know, it, like, it ends up obviously being okay with everybody apologizing to each other, but, like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't end up being no, okay. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You're right. Nothing, nothing happens. <laughs> nothing happens. The tension just, like simmers under the surface i mean yeah because they go home from like their double date um and lucy like i don't know kevin sort of apologizes or something and then lucy is still like i don't like rocks like she's about to say something about roxanne and kevin covers her mouth and is like whatever like they start kissing um yeah it and like she's like He's like, when will you let me, like, marry you or propose to you? And she's like, I just, I'm not ready yet. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and finally, I guess we'll get to Mary now. Um, so, Mar- we find out through a conversation between Mary and Kevin that Mary and Kevin broke up because Ben's old girlfriend from London, like, the only girlfriend he's ever had, moved back. And, uh... She wants Ben back, and so, like, Mary preemptively broke up with him, I guess? Yeah, I don't know. But, but, like, as far as we know, Ben was not interested. She just was interested in Ben. So Mary's whole thing of taking Ben's ring and, as you said in the beginning, like, setting up this, like, oh, will they, won't they, whatever, it it just, like, falls apart. Um, uh, we have, like, Kevin being, like, his like, older brother type and just be, what are you doing? I know you're up to something. Why won't you take Ben back? Why won't you talk to him? Um, and Mary, obviously, is like, I've moved on. I'm dating somebody else. And Kevin's very suspicious of it. And his suspicions get proven correct when we are introduced to Captain Jack Smith. <laughs> Who is... An older, well, he shows up at the door and he's like, oh, you said if I ever wanted a home-cooked meal, I could stop by. Um, So we're, Mary seems like shook by the fact that this man has arrived at the door. So if, unfortunately, the Amazon synopsis gives it right up and says that Mary is dating an older pilot. But if you don't know, now you know. Mary's dating an older pilot. Um, I would, so I mentioned this while I was watching it. I like the storyline of, like, Mary dating an older feller, fella, fella, feller, feller, an older man. Um, I just wish, wish they'd chosen a different older man for this part, because um, he looked very typically like an old man. I feel like you could have, like, cast someone that was older and attractive and not yeah. just older. <laughs> um, this, but this was apparently the best they could do. I don't, 
he kind of like looked like a very creepy Tom Cruise. <laughs> I mean, Tom Cruise already looks really creepy. Yeah. So imagine a creepier Tom Cruise. And I think he was like, he was like really short too. Yeah. Yeah. So. So like Tom Cruise, like a less attractive, <laughs> creepier Tom Cruise. Um, with more striking blue eyes. Yeah. Anyway, the point is that this storyline could have uh, gone in a very great direction, but like. It, it didn't, didn't. <laughs> which I feel like is the theme of, of most seventh, seventh heaven, heaven like storylines. Um, so we have an awkward moment when in the love den when Captain Jack Smith is talking to the Camerons and also to Kevin, where Kevin's kind of like interrogating him, and the Camerons are like, "Oh, are you married? Do you have kids?" Blah blah blah. We learn that Captain Jack Smith is. Widowed. Widowed because people don't get divorced on this show. And he has two daughters. One of them is in college and one of them is in high school. Um, that's like about all we learn about him. He's a pilot. <laughs> um, the Rev and Annie like offer their services of like grief counseling. And also Annie's like, I can set you up with someone. And as soon as that's out of her mouth, uh, Mary comes down and it's like, let's go. And Captain Jack is like... Are you all right, hon? Let's go, hon. And that's when it all kind of falls crashing down for the rev because he's like, "Oh my god, my daughter's dating this man." Um, we have a brief like conversation here between Ruthie and Mary, where like Ruthie's also questioning Mary. It's really not that important. It just happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we go to the pool hall where Captain Jack. It's so weird. Captain Jack. Because, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, I was going to say the Billy Joel song. Oh, we have clearly different <laughs> pop cultural references here. Um, so he's very, like, respectful, and he's like, I don't want to start anything with you unless we're, like, completely honest with each other and with your parents, which I guess is, like, redeeming from him, but it also is stupid because... As we learn in this episode, Mary is quote unquote over twenty one, so like she which was the barometer for Matt to be able to get married too, or just to like run away with Sarah. He, if you're over twenty one, there are no rules in the in like the seventh heaven verse. Yeah. So like, I think like she doesn't need her parents' permission in this case to like date a guy who's maybe in his forties. Are we going to assume he's in his 40s? Yeah, they said that. They yeah. said he's in his 40s. She absolutely does not need her perm- their permission. Yeah, they're going to be unhappy because they're the Camerons, but, like, whatever, they're going to be unhappy. They they weren't happy that she was going to become, like, a, a flight attendant for some reason. Um, they make no sense. And then to add, like, the shit on the shit cake um, is Kevin, who comes out of nowhere, and, like you said, he tries to pull, like, a Mac card. Like, trying to play the big brother. Because uh, he's, like... He calls Captain Jack a pervert. Which is just not true. Like, Mary is over 18 years old. After, like, that's really the barometer of, like, whether or not she can date a 40-year-old man. If she's over 18 and she decides that this is what she wants, then that's what she wants. And also, it's not only that she's over 18 and she's, like, a college student. She's over 18 and she's... Like, as she says, she has her own career, she pays her own bill, she has her own responsibility, she has her own place to live. It's not like she's... It doesn't Living s- under their roof, right. so, like, oh, their rules apply, yeah. And it's also, it doesn't seem to me like she's being taken advantage of in any way, shape, or form. Like, ev- everything we've seen of Captain Jack is, he seems like a respectable human being. So it's not like there's, like, consent issues whatsoever. And he's, like, basically saying that... He's like, she's using him like he's using her and there's only one thing he wants from her and Mary very like 
wisely says he wants what every guy wants from every, like every girl when he <laughs> asks her out on a date. And I also, I guess this is like an extreme comparison, but I also don't think he has any room to talk. Kevin is in his mid-20s, and he's dating... Lucy, who's like 19 or 20. Yeah. And like, th- and that's like a considerable age gap um, during like during those years. Like a 20-year-old and a 25-year-old are not really... In the same like spe- spheres of life. Yeah. Like she... I mean, what we're supposed to know, know about her right now is that she's a college student. And he has his own job. He, he says that he did two years of college just to do, like, get basic background training for being a police officer. So he's, like, already in this whole different sphere, realm of life, yeah. where he's, like, got a full-time job. Um, he, he already finished college. Like, you know, it's... Yeah, they're, they're in two different... Like, I feel like Mary and Captain Jack are in similar, like, life points whereas they're not so yeah. anyway, I don't know it just it got me mad that Kevin got on his high horse about this um as it should and while this is all happening the Rev decides to meddle and he calls Ben and I think he calls Ben in an effort to make Ben get like like win Mary back but instead telling Ben that she's dating Captain Jack just makes Ben go to his London girlfriend <laughs> so the Rev just screwed himself over and I think that's basically where the episode ends with Mary on the phone with Ben, her saying hello, and then it going to black. Yeah. Um, so will they? Will it? Will they or won't they? Part two of Monkey Theater will. <laughs> monkey a- ape Theater. Monkey Theater. <laughs> a- ape Theater will tell us. Um. All right. So if you want to hear part two of Ape Theater, first we should give this episode a rating. Yeah, we should. Um. You know what? Season 7, off to a strong start with some ape theater. I'll give it a 4. Uh, I think I will also give it a 4. I wanted to quickly also mention that along with Ashley Simpson, um, uh, does, is Roxanne in the opening credits? Roxanne is not in the opening credits, but I think they were waiting to... Uh, actually, I don't know. She might not... I just had the thing open that told me whoever, like, if they were main, recurring, or guest. But well, I closed ben, it out. Ben and George are in the opening... George. Ben and Kevin are in the opening credits, even though Ben only shows up in the last minute and a half, minute and a half of the episode. Uh, Barry Watson is not in this episode at all, nor is he in the opening credits. Um, so she's a main character for season seven, so she will be added to the credits soon. Roxanne, this is Rachel Blanchard, yeah, Rachel um, as well as Ashley Simpson. A lot of new main characters. Um, this season to replace, I guess, you've got, like, Barry Watson is only recurring. Um, I think Mary's about to leave. Jessica Biel is only recurring this season. And I think Robbie's about to leave, too, isn't he? No, he's not. Oh, he's, he's not really He's a main character this season. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so, anyway, um, if you'd like to keep up with the Camdens, um, you can listen to us every Wednesday and Saturday at soundcloud.com slash camdencast on the Apple iTunes podcast app or on Stitcher.com. Um, you can also keep up with us on social media. Um, our handles on Instagram and Twitter is at CamdenCast Show. And on Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash CamdenCast. And you can always send us an email at CamdenCast at gmail.com. I'm Erin. I'm Tanby. We'll be back with Monkey, Monkey Business Part 2. This is CamdenCast. I flew 